0: thanks for joining us for today's message we are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives if you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life then let us know by sending us an email to mystory at timberlakechurch.com Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at TimberlakeChurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. Uh, Well, good morning. I want to welcome everyone here and those watching online and Castle Rock, Renton, Duval, Issaquah as well. Excuse me. I am Ben. I'm the lead pastor, and we are in this series, Hope Agent. And we are going through the book of First Thessalonians, and we have made some incredible discoveries along the way. If you're new here, this is your first time, I encourage you uh, to maybe, you can even go back on the website and listen to uh, some of the messages. But this is really self-contained uh, today. We've looked at uh, various aspects of uh, really growing in Christian faith and maybe uh, initiating that for the first Uh, time week one we looked at uh, what it means to uh, have a personal faith and to share it Uh, we looked uh, week two at what it means to have a greater purpose by connecting to God's purpose Uh, week three we considered bringing out the best in other people and we thought that's not worth the effort I thought that was funny that, that, that was funnier than you responded. I just want to let you know. The, uh, and uh, today I decided to, we're going to have a very light topic. We're going to just talk about uh, death, heaven, hell, and the return of Christ. Yeah, okay, good. You responded to that one. Uh, So I I know that's a a little bit heavy and it's a middle middle of summer, uh, but that's where we're at in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And uh, just to lighten up the atmosphere, uh, uh, why don't you go ahead and turn to the person uh, next to you and ask them about their eternal destiny. Okay, I was kidding. I was kidding on that one. Uh, I I told someone uh, that at Starbucks I... uh, that I was going to talk, what I was going to talk about uh, today. And I said, he said, what are you going to talk about? I said, you know, grief, uh, death, heaven, hell. And he said, that sounds like my first marriage. And uh, so uh, we are going to get right into it. I'm going to teach more than preach today uh, because this is really one of those subjects that we need to be incredibly well informed. And, And I'm going to get a bit to the why as well. Uh, but one thing I would like us to do now is uh, we're going to read a verse together. We're going to spend most of our time in First Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5. But uh, the Apostle Paul who, who wrote that book of the Bible also wrote a letter to the Philippians. And uh, he summarizes some teaching there. In fact, you may not know it, but 1 in 30 verses in the New Testament talks about what we're going to talk about uh, today. Uh, and for some of you might think, oh, that is, is that sort of morbid? Actually, it's really to bring hope. Uh, and we're going to look at the, the Thessalonians in particular. They didn't have any sense that, that God had any plan for them after this life. And so the Apostle Paul, he, he confirms and reconfirms uh, some teaching. He only spent three weeks with them. Uh, and so he writes to them to clarify some things. And I hope it will clarify it for us. As well, So we're going to read uh, Philippians 3, uh, verse 14. I want everyone here, all our campuses, to read as well. We're going to read out loud together. Don't leave me hanging. So ready, set, read. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul says that, that God has a plan that we can participate in it. And that it's a good thing to to lean into. And you might be asking yourself, you know, okay, uh, why why would we talk about this? Uh, Not many of us probably came here today with this as primary on our mind. Uh, We all have to deal with it. So why have have this conversation? Number one, everybody suffers loss. If you're filling out in the outline, uh, you want to do that as your first fill-in. Now, it can be loss and death. It can be other loss. We're going to look at the whole subject of grief as well, which is not just contained when we lose a, a loved one. It could be the loss of a marriage, a loss of a job. It could be uh, the loss of hope. And then second, uh, the mortality rate is currently at 100%. And uh, so, so because of that, uh, you know, because we're right at 100%, I think it's important to look at uh, as well. My, my uh, youngest daughter, when she was little, we, we had this family friend and, and lived well into uh, her 90s, had, had a great life. And we were trying to describe and, and talk about, you know, what happened and, and all of that. And uh, she said, how, how old was she? And, and we said, well, she was 95. She just looks deadpan. And she goes, I want to die at 41. And she's like, after that, there's really no, nothing to live for, you know. And uh, so uh, that was a little disturbing because I was already 42. Uh, but, uh, but right, my, I have said this before. My uh, sister, uh, uh, who owned an insurance agency, every time someone bought life insurance, they would say, hey, I just want to buy it in case I die. There's no in case. Let's close in prayer. Anyway, uh, n- number three, grief can paralyze us. If we don't deal with this, we will deal with it subconsciously. How, how do we deal <clears throat> with the loss of a loved one, our own uh, mortality? How do we have that hope? Now, I, I'm someone who sometimes I'm not as in touch with, with that side of, of, of my life and my brain. And, uh, but when you, when you lose someone, in fact, you know, my mom died a couple years ago. I even felt this when my dog died. I had a dog for 14 years. I talk about him, uh, Jack, and uh, really sad. Uh, uh, he, he died, and when he was dying, we went to the veterinarian. We found out that he had cancer, and, uh, and he said, well, you know, your dog is very old. has had a, had a very good life, and I'm like, can we do chemo? And he goes, yeah, there's chemo for dogs. And he, and he goes, but it's, it's thousands of dollars. I said, I don't care. My wife can get another job. And, uh, you know, uh, and and he goes, no, the dog is old. And it's funny, no matter what the loss is, it may not be big to someone else. But if it's big to you, it's big. Uh, it may be very personal. For some of us, we're we're just even impacted by... Uh, some of the tragedy that we see uh, in our country. The, the senseless killings. And we're saying, how do we, how do we deal with that? And, and is God involved at all in the process? And that leads to number four. Is that God has a plan that is beyond good. Uh, God has a, a plan that is incredible for us. If you look at the Bible and you're maybe, uh, maybe you've been a Bible person your whole life, maybe you're like me, you weren't raised with it and you're new to the Bible. The Bible is a collection of books, 66 books, and really at the, the center of it are four accounts of Jesus' life. They take up a lot of space in the Bible. Uh, I I was talking to someone uh, who said, you know, I always wondered uh, why there's different things in the different Gospels. They come from four different perspectives. Same story, but when you're telling a story to a certain audience you will include uh, some things and maybe not include uh, other things. So we have these four accounts which are called Gospels. And the word Gospel uh, doesn't mean life of Jesus, it means good news. And so, at the center of the Bible is this incredible good news. Now, as you read the accounts of Jesus' life, we, we, we learn how to live, we learn about Him. But ultimately, what they are is they're a lead-up to the, to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because that absolutely changes everything. If, if Jesus died and rose again, it changes everything for your life and for my life if I will receive it. In fact, the Apostle Paul elsewhere, we're not going to look at this uh, today. He said, hey, if Jesus didn't die and rise again from the dead... ...then you know, this whole faith thing doesn't make a lot of sense. But, but here's what he writes to the Thessalonians... ...because he had staked his life on it, and, and, and I have as well as so many of you. He says, brothers and sisters... We do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. I've been a pastor for a number of years, and I can tell you uh, that there's an incredible difference of going to a funeral or a memorial service or, or performing one of those who have hope in Jesus Christ and those who don't have hope. And so as we look at this subject today, what what I primarily want to do is I want to do what the Bible does. Uh, The Bible tells us how to live as we look at death. Now, the Apostle Paul, I want to warn you, uh, he toggles back and forth in uh, in this uh, part of the Bible. He talks about heaven. He talks about the return of Jesus. He talks about grief. And so today, as I said, I'm going to more teach than preach. And we're really going to go through all of that uh, together. So here's what we uh, read. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will also bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. This is the, the central premise of Christianity. That Jesus went, went to a cross. And here's a great thing if you're a comparative religion person... You can can go to the places where this happened. You can see the archaeological evidence. You can read the historical evidence of people who actually were not Christians, but they detailed the accounts of the event. The unprecedented, especially when you consider... 2,000 years ago that we have all this textual evidence about this. This historical, archaeological evidence that the whole world was changed. At least because a group of people said they saw Jesus die and rise again from the dead. The Apostle Paul goes on and he said there were 500 people. 500 people as I've mentioned in a city of 100,000 at the... At the most, smaller than ever at Washington, there were 500 adults who can confirm this account. And so it changed everything. And then he says, this is the implication for our life. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord. And and I talked uh, about that uh, before, that we live in this in-between time. Where Jesus has come, he died, and he rose again. And that yet there's this time when Jesus will come again... ...and he will make all things right. And we live in this in-between time. We'll certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command... ...and with the voice of the archangel... ...and with the trumpet call of God... ...and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And, and that's, that's what I want us to be, is I want us to be encouraged today. Now, as I'm just going through this, uh, this text, like I said, this is a very big subject. Uh, in your, and there are going to be some things that I'm not going to hit, just because uh, we only have a limited amount of time. But I do want to hit what the scripture says uh, about this and about how we can step in to our eternal destiny and how it can affect how we live today. See, what was happening with the Thessalonians, there were a certain group of people. All they were doing all the time was uh, saying, hey, you know, Jesus is going to return any moment. And so, uh, we, we just need to focus and study on that. There were some people who weren't working at all. They thought, hey, you know, if Jesus is coming back in a few months, you know, forget this job. And so, uh, the Apostle Paul is, he's trying to bring some perspective. Number one, he says, don't panic. Don't panic. Uh, it says, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So, uh, I know many of you are new to faith. Some of you have been around a long time. Uh, h- how many of you have seen some people panic around this? Yeah, you've seen and all sorts of you know, crazy things. Even, uh, what, I, what, I, what I think is interesting is people say, Well, you know, I figured it out. I figured it out when Jesus is going to return. There was a book uh, in, in uh, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Going to Return in 1988. Didn't happen, right? You remember the whole thing, and this is even from, you know, uh, non-Christians. 2012, the world was going to end. We know it was true because they made a movie about it. John Cusack was in it. Uh, and so, uh, th- but how many times have we heard again and again these things? Well, no one knows the hour or the day, but I can tell you the month. And, uh, and here's, here's where I, I want to bring some perspective, and honestly some significant corrections if you're in a group of people who say that you have to know that that is heretical that is not biblical it's not even neutral it's actually bad because you are going against what the scripture says it's a, and if you got caught up in that in the past you know in the 80s don't worry a lot of things happened in the 80s <laughs> you know or the 70s or some of you in the 60s if you can remember that. Anyway, uh, but it says in this, Matthew 24, 36. But concerning the day and the hour, what? Who knows? No one. No one. Really? Not that guy on TV? That if you, you know, no one knows. And so Jesus makes it very clear that no one knows. So then why even teach us this stuff, right? Because it's significant in how we face the future. And that leads to number two. Do be prepared. Do be prepared. Now, so we take this principle in every other area of our life and we apply it to our spiritual life. Like, I, I don't know about you. I think this is universal. Uh, at least, maybe depending on what era you grew up. Uh, your, your mom uh, told you to wear clean underwear. Why should we wear clean underwear? Yeah, in case you get in an accident. By the way, thanks, Mom. I'm laid out on a gurney. I just got in a car accident. And all you're concerned about are my tidy whities Thank you very much. And, uh, but the whole idea is, is that you never know what's going to happen, right? And so we want to be prepared. At 1 Thessalonians 5.4 it says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so this day should, uh, should surprise you like a thief that we we know uh, what God is up to and we know that there are in this in-between time and it really should affect how I live now now I, I want to take a little bit of a side uh, because although we are trying to stay in this text uh, many people uh, have asked the questions hey you know what is what is heaven like uh, the Bible talks a little bit actually not a, a lot about that in fact in the latter parts of the book of Revelation, you know, sort of that middle part, and you're like, well, what in the world is that about? Uh, it, it says in terms of what we won't experience there. No pain, no tears, no grief, no suffering. All of those things that are products of sin. But it does tell us some things that, uh, that we will experience in heaven. And so we're going to throw some of those up on the screen. Uh, First, we will have a real body. People ask this, you know, are we going to be spirits floating around the sky? You know, we saw, because some of you saw ghosts, and you think that's what happens. Uh, No, we will have a real body. Uh, We will be ourselves, too. That we're not going to become someone else. That we will be the same essence of the person we are now. Uh, And also, you won't make a pit stop. And I know some of you were raised, hey, hey, you know that, you know, if I don't get it quite now, there's sort of an in-between place, uh, purgatory, and that's between here and heaven. And I actually, in some ways, intellectually, it makes sense. It's just nowhere in the scripture at all. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that Jesus did enough. So if you say, well, you know, I'm a pretty, you know, I believe in Jesus, but there's some work to do before I would go to heaven. And you're right, but Jesus has done the work. And then uh, you won't be an angel. I hear this every once in a while. Hey, uh, in fact, it says we will judge the angels, which is sort of crazy. Actually, I like that. I like to judge people, so that'll be fun. And uh, (laughs) so uh, you will be rewarded, uh, which is also sort of interesting uh, that, that we will be rewarded. I think going to heaven in and of itself is a reward, but that we will find reward for the things that we've done that have honored God. In fact, some of us think hey, is anyone going to notice? And the scripture answers that question God notices. Uh, it will be fun. Uh, some some of us get this idea, you know. Well, heaven's going to be no fun. Well, let me tell you, hell is not fun. So, uh, the uh, you you think heaven's not fun? You don't want to go the other place. So, uh, it, it in fact it says in that psalm, it says, "Better is one day in the presence of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere." And uh, we we also uh, we will recognize people there, uh, and. Uh, we will be reunited with babies that have died. There's sort of a very interesting scripture when David uh, loses uh, a child and uh, it says, you will not uh, go, uh, or he will not come to you, but you will co- go to him. And so we find uh, uh, this in scripture. We will have a ministry and purpose. We will worship there. Uh, and so uh, that, that's important for some of you who come to church late because you don't like uh, the worship part. You're going to be in trouble. And uh, uh, God will be powerfully present. And so the reality is, is God has, has made us for that, but it should inform how we live today. And that leads to number three, to personally answer the God question. Now, in our society, often there is a caricature given of God uh, on many levels that he is like a, a perennially disappointed parent. But look what the scripture says. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. And so, uh, in fact, we saw this uh, in the last few weeks on some of our campuses as people were baptized. They're answering the God question. That's a big way to say, yes, I decide for Jesus. But each and every day, even those of us who have already said yes to Jesus, we answer the God question. Uh, with, Am I going to trust him in those areas of life that I don't understand? Or maybe I don't even agree with him. Have you ever had, you know, you read, if, if you haven't read the Bible yet, it's a great, uh, great thing to do, uh, start. I always say uh, in the Gospel of Luke or John, uh, a, a chapter a day keeps the pastor away. <laughs> you want to you read there and you learn about the life of Jesus. Um, but you'll learn the character of, of God. And, and, and you'll come across some things that maybe you say, I'm not sure if, if I agree with that, but God's okay with that because He's our Creator. And I have to say, Am I going to conform God to what I think God should be like? Or am I going to say, God, I, I want to I be more like you? I think that's an ultimate question. I think that some of us will give up on our faith because we're trying to create a God that's that small. Uh, am I going to live in the assurance of the reality uh, revealed in Scripture? That I don't have to have any fear or doubt? If I've said yes to Jesus, there's nothing else I can bring to the table that, that He will be with me forever, that I will be with Him? Am I going to accept the completed gift of Jesus Christ on the cross? See, see here's what happens is oftentimes we try to work to, li- to I- get God's acceptance. In the very uh, first week in this series, I talked about living from God's grace, from God's love, from God's forgiveness, instead of for God's grace, for God's love, and for God's forgiveness. And am I going to take my next right step in my faith, even when it stretches me? I uh, met with someone this last week. And uh, about five years ago, this person accepted Jesus uh, at Timber, Actually, I-, I think at our Duval campus and uh, he was sort of sharing the story and just how powerfully God has worked in his life. And uh, him and his wife, they'd both been married previously. And there were some struggles and some pain from that. And he was sharing the story about his, his ex-wife and how uh, she had a terminal illness. And uh, he felt, because of what Christ did for him, that, that he wanted to help change the narrative for her. And uh, he writes, uh, he gave me permission to share this story. Long email, he talks about how, how he wanted to make sure that she knew Jesus. And, and he did that, and he, and he shared his faith, and, and, he, and he said she, she responded. And he said, basically, we had the best conversations in the days after that than maybe we had had for many years even leading up to our divorce. And see, that really gets to number four, is think beyond you. This, uh, when we look at what God has for us in this life and the next, it should compel us. Not, be, not just because of what God holds for eternity, but what God holds for each of us right now. In fact, it says in uh, uh, verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact, you're doing. I was reading an article uh, in the Seattle Times and it was uh, talking about some church that had closed and it was describing how 47 percent of the people in Washington State consider themselves non-religious. And uh, as I was reading that uh, I was saddened but I also thought of the opportunity. The opportunity that we have to let people know that they don't have to walk around in fear in doubt, they don't have to make up some scenario of who God is or what will happen in this life or in the next, that they can know God personally. And maybe for you, is you hearing that you can know Him personally. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.